Congratulations, you made it to the X-Fill. You can relax, unpack your bags, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hey there, everybody. Mike, a.k.a. MTB Trigger here. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Ronald, a.k.a. Eric. If you are brand new, this is an Escape from Tarkov podcast where we talk about all things EFT. And our goal is to get better at the game. And we hope you come along with us for that journey. As a reminder, we are in a game development series. We're going over survey results. We're going to be talking about other games and concepts And it all leads back to understanding this game, where it is, where it's going, where it could go better. And we believe that's going to make you a better player as well, which is why we're spending time on it 67 and 68 weeks into the journey as we talk now and probably for the next couple of episodes. Absolutely. This week, we are very, very excited to dive more into the survey results. Thank you to everybody that filled out the survey. We had so many results come in that it's going to be fun to dive into a very interesting cross-section of Tarkov players. This week, we're going to cover stash value versus time played, and we're going to get into the fray, the discussion of the Bitcoin nerf. We've got some interesting takes on that, and we'd like to dive into what we think is really going on and possibly speculate on where battle states may be doing some things right and maybe where they could improve on some other things. Absolutely. And for hideout keeping this week, again, no announcements right now. I think everybody knows what we're up to, but I have to say that I am so excited that my like once a year, two day stretch of seasonal allergies is over. And I say that knowing that you deal with it more than I do. But I listened back to last episode and I could just hear how miserable I was while that was going on. So I'm excited because I am clear. It's amazing. You know, when you have to talk for an hour or two uh, straight and then you have to listen to it for hours after the fact, it really sinks in when you're not feeling good or or you got something going on. So I'm excited. That's, That's the only announcement I have is that I feel great this week and I'm pretty excited for that. Well, I'm glad because it's not a two-day stretch for me, but we get through it. (laughs) And oddly enough, where we are in the upper Midwest here, it snowed today randomly, which is kind of crazy for us this time of year. But I am uh, fortunately medicated up, so I'll be just fine for tonight's podcast. Let's go. (laughs) As far as announcements goes, I don't have any uh, announcements either. I'm excited to dive into tonight's show. The survey was very meaningful and As we break down the different categories, I hope you all find it interesting, and I hope you all find things that maybe are more in common with things that maybe you weren't sure existed. I think one of the biggest takeaways from the survey overall, I'm going to say it every week, is that the average Tarkov player is far more like maybe you and I (laughs) than, you know, just the tip of the spear, you know, Giga Chad. Uh, There's far more people that are just normal Tarkov players, so... I'm excited to break that down and be more relational to that group. Yeah, excited to break into this as well. So yeah, what's uh, what's your week look like this week? Did you get any Tarkov in or what were you playing? I got a little bit of Tarkov in. I still log in and collect my uh, reduced Bitcoins and uh, throw some more gas at the old uh, hideout generator. <laughs> Make sure that keeps going. Although 
with solar power at 300 hours, it's not a huge deal because if that's like what, like 14 or 15 days that you can log in and get it. But I still want to see what it looks like in the hideout to get the hideout management skill max. So I'm still crafting things. To do that, I did a very few, but a couple of runs, um, scab runs into interchange. And I did one PMC run just to get some safes hit in Shoreline. And then uh, one of our friends of the show, J-Mac, he had a friend who just got the game. And so one night we ran a brand new person who was level three when we started uh, through Shoreline. And and then we ran him through Factory and it was it was kind of a mess. <laughs> But we we actually ran into, there's three of us, right? And so we ran into two like giga mega ultra chads. It was, it was crazy. We, J-Mac and I killed them, but they were class six Alton running the meta HKs, the full kit, right? And uh, we got some good gear for our, our uh, J-Mac's friend. And so that that's what Tarkov is playing all about, right? Introduce someone to the game get them some gear that they're too afraid to use and they can just keep in their stash. I mean, that's what everybody's experience is when you get some good stuff at level three. So I'm glad we were able to do that. And yeah, and besides that, I know you've been playing some other games this week and I, I've also been playing some other games this week. I'm getting back into WoW Classic. I really am having a good time getting ready for the Burning Crusade, which is, uh, you know, the re-release of the first expansion of World of Warcraft from way back in 2000 and I guess it would have been 2006. Pretty excited for that personally. And so I've been getting back into WoW Classic and doing some PvP in WoW Classic and really actually having a blast. But that's been my week. How about you? It's awesome. I'm I'm really proud of you for not letting a level three, you know, sit comfortably as they join the game and say, hey, we're going to factory. <laughs> oh, and by the way, there's enemies right next to you when we get in here. So don't freak out. It'll probably just be people questing. Nope. Classic thick buttery boys coming at you. <laughs> oh, I, I went in thick too. I went in full full kit, million ruble kit, and it was it was on. You know, after playing factory a thousand times with you, it it's a lot easier. So <laughs> that's fun. So for me, I actually again very little time in Tarkov this week. This whole concept of development has had me exploring all kinds of things, really. I, I dabbled in Tarkov. I did some hideout management stuff. I actually logged in and, and did some stuff in game. I ran a handful of scav runs, was going to do some factory, but I just had this weird thing where the last factory run I had, I actually killed a guy and got an in-game message. And this was a, a week and a half ago, and I didn't talk about it, but he messaged me after and was it was just a salty message that I hadn't gotten one in a while. But he was like, what are you doing in factory with an MP7 I'm just trying to tap? And that's been sitting with me for a couple weeks because I've kind of reached the end of my goals and there's not a whole lot of reward left for me this wipe. It's been an interesting experience digesting that guy's comment and then also going into all of these development talks. And I've been playing the games I love very intentionally for the discussions that we're having on this show about Tarkov because I've reached the end of what I want to do seasonally. And that's not that I'm not going to play for the rest of the season. I do want to work on labs and get back into other maps, but I'm enjoying the break from Tarkov right now. But that comment's been sitting with me. So I, I'm unpacking that still. But I've been in WoW Classic, I've been in Diablo 2, I've been in WoW Retail, I've been playing PUBG, um, I reinstalled Counter-Strike, 
the thing that I've really been focused on, the concept that I've been fleshing out is the balance between reward and fun, where both of those things exist in the games that I love. You know, it just has me thinking about, you said Bitcoin, and I was thinking about Factory, and you're talking about Giga Chads and a brand new player, and you mentioned the Bitcoin video you did, and I knew you were doing that Bitcoin video, but I, I didn't know what you were going to be doing it about, but I was glad you were doing it because I kept hearing about it. So I thought it was awesome you put together the video. And for those of you that are listening or watching right now and you haven't watched that Bitcoin video, go put it in your watch list, save it, go to the XP Media Now YouTube and watch Ronald's video on this because it's like eight minutes long, but it's been really fueling the fire for me over the last two days of this casual player, the low play time, how the Bitcoin plays into that, but all of these design elements and development things that we've been talking about as well. So I kind of want to circle back to that a little bit because it was a really cool talk you did. Yeah, it was interesting. I think that there's been a lot of opinions thrown around the idea of how Bitcoins affect gameplay in Tarkov. Depending on how you play Tarkov, you're going to have a vastly different opinion on this. We threw up some polls on YouTube where I asked people, do you care? Does it really affect you? Or do you not care? Or are you just totally indifferent? And honestly, it was about even all the way across, which I think is kind of interesting. But I think one of the hottest takes that's been floating around the content creator community and most discords is that this idea that Battlestate hates casual players. And I think that's kind of something that we should talk about. So, yeah, I mean, I, I've seen this discussed a little bit. You know, there's been some interesting, like, Twitter posts, some deleted, some remain, and there's some dancing around this. So I, I guess maybe, yeah, explain that a little bit, because maybe it's more complex than that. Yeah, I don't think that Battlestate hates casual players, and that's just my opinion. And I think that we can dive into it and explain and maybe unpack it and get to the place where... I really don't think Battlestate intentionally does things to hurt casual players. I think it's more probable that Battlestate just doesn't understand casual players. It comes down to a lot of different things. This is a topic that's relevant to the community right now, and lots of people are talking about it. And so I think we should really focus on this idea that I don't think Battlestate really understands the casual player. I think Battlestate spends a lot of time listening to people who play their game a lot, whether they're full-time Tarkov content creators or whether they're streamers, whether they're just people who play a lot and have the ear of the developers or a direct connection back to, you know, Nikita's cell phone or whatever. You know, it's this idea that these people who play a lot, right, have this influence on the game that is kind of one-sided. I think that Battlestate is listening to an overwhelming majority of feedback from one group that's very vocal and passionate about their opinion. And it may not represent a large cross-section of the player base, as we found and we did when we did our surveying of the player base. I think that the, the vocal majority that's influencing game design right now is not representative of the player base. And I don't think that that means that Battlestate hates casual players. I just think that Battlestate doesn't understand them. <laughs> Talk about unpacking. <laughs> 
I guess I'll say it this way. I, I agree. I think that stepping back a little bit and looking at the different camps, you know, when we're talking about just the relationship between player and company, right? It's really easy to say Nikita and assign feelings and relationship to Nikita. But the truth is, Escape from Tarkov is Battle State's IP. It's their game. Battle State lives and dies on right now whether this game makes money or not. And perhaps they have other titles in the works and there could be funding for that kind of thing. But as far as we know, this is the game. As I say that, the side that I think about as you were just talking is that a developer that has a game like Battle State with only one way to make money, which is to sell more, oh, it's two ways, I guess, but to make more money is to sell copies or to upsell versions. That's the only way Battle State can make more money and become sustainable in the future right now. Now, they've talked about some features on some recent podcasts that may be outside of the DLC that's included with the EOD version of the game, but that's really nothing has been talked about with that. So as of today, they have two ways to make more money to be sustainable in the future, and that's to sell copies of the game or to upsell current players on lower tiered versions up to the next tier or to the highest tier of the EOD edition. In order to do that, their primary goals are to make the game more accessible so that more people will find the game or that more people will continue playing the game so that they'll want to upgrade or buy the additional service to play the game. That relationship to me has to be talked about in this. It's not just a one-way street. So I, I always look at that side of it too, because I agree with what you said, that I don't think they understand the casual player, but I think it's a whole lot deeper than that. But I'm also not minimizing the things that you talked about related to the people that play the game a lot, or even further than that, the people that make the game, the people that make money playing the game a lot. I, I do think that that's an important piece that you touched on. I think it it's important to take a minute to kind of explore what it's like to be someone who has an opinion that Tarkov needs to be harder, there's too much money, you know, the, the, the hardcore kind of mindset, especially the content creator mindset, right? So if you spend 40, 50, 60 hours a week playing Escape from Tarkov, and your entire goal during that process, I mean, let's not mince words about it, your goal is to keep eyes on your product, you're creating an entertainment piece for people to watch and enjoy. This podcast is an entertainment piece that we're hoping that you watch and enjoy. That's what content creation is. When you are playing a video game with the express purpose to create content, it's always going to be in your best interest to have the game be harder and less accessible than what you're able to do because you always have the perception that people are looking up while you're playing. They're looking up at your ability, they're looking up at how far you've progressed in the game, and they're looking up at your ability to do things that they wish they had the time to do, right? I mean, that's just kind of the basic formula for how content creation and streaming works on the internet. With Escape from Tarkov, one of the major gates between the low time player and the high time player is not necessarily skill. And that's something we'll get into, but that is something that is not necessarily a direct correlation. Low time players can be highly skilled and low time players can be terrible at the game as well. But the reality is you can have a low time player that's just as skilled as a streamer who plays for, you know, 40 plus hours a week. 
The Bitcoin farm in its current or in its former, I guess, iteration, what it would do is it would allow that low time but high skill player to have the currency to be very competitive with the high time, uh, high skill player who didn't need necessarily need the currency. So the Bitcoins were excess to them because they were pulling out gear from playing raid after raid after raid after raid. Well, if you only play for three hours on the weekends with your buddies, but you're really good at Escape from Tarkov, you log in, grab your two million in Bitcoins, buy some kits, and you can play a couple raids at a high level of gear that allows you to be on the same level as those people that play all week. Now, in my Bitcoin video, I talk a lot about this, but before we get into the next step of this, I really want to hear what you think about this. In the context of Battlestate hating or understanding how a casual player interacts with Bitcoin, I think you outlined it really well. I think, you know, as I look at the survey, I'm, I'm going to jump ahead just a little bit here. We have, I'm just quickly looking at this, six hours and less played for week makes up about 28%, and we'll dig deeper into that later, but 28% of the people that filled out our survey play for six hours or less per week in Tarkov. So I don't know what line you want to draw at low playtime or casual players, but I would argue that everybody in that chunk is probably a casual player or at least playing the game casually right now. That's another downside to doing a survey partway through the wipe. We're getting data from right now, and if we took the poll two weeks from now, it might be different because a bunch of people hit their goals, got sick of the game, something else came out, who knows. But 28% are playing six hours or less every week. So how long does it take to do a shoreline raid? How long does it take to do a factory raid? Six hours a week would net you the ability to do 18 factory raids, and that's it. It would net you the ability to do seven shoreline raids if that's all you did. It's a low playtime, especially in a game that has long and challenging and sometimes very long raids. And so when you're looking at something like Bitcoin, understanding that the interaction for a player that has lower playtime is going to be very limited when it comes to Bitcoin. It's going to be a log in and collect it once and do everything you can to set up your future self to be able to collect as much Bitcoin as you can, right? So that you can sell it and do what you want in game. What that player is also probably not doing is researching every little change to Bitcoin and understanding it. I don't even really care what the value of Bitcoin is, and I would really argue that the six-hour and less player probably doesn't care what the value of Bitcoin is. They log in, and I could be wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong. You log in, you collect whatever you have out of your Bitcoin farm, if you have that built, and you go sell it to therapist. More rubles, let's go. <laughs> right? Let's get up and move on. It's not this like deep connection to the Bitcoin farm. It's there's there's no I, I just don't think that there's an understanding there. And so that's why I agree with your statement, because I don't think there is a connection between players and the Bitcoin farm like Battlestate seems to think there is. And that's why I believe, to your point, there is a disconnect in the understanding of how a casual player or low playtime or whatever you want to call it connects with that part of the game. Absolutely. And I think that a lot of emphasis is put on this topic for two reasons. Part of it is it absolutely is a valid money source. It's probably the consistent money source in Tarkov. Now, you could make the argument that 
you could pull some barter items out of trades and that you can make money selling those things as you progress. But the reality is the easiest way to make money is to just sell your Bitcoins to therapists. And the other piece of it is it's good content to make too. So keep that in mind. Whenever you see a hard opinion on a topic in a video game, I'm just going to throw that out there. It's it, it gets your attention and that's what the goal of content creators is. And I say that tongue in cheek, but it's the truth. And so I think it's very important to realize that video game developers probably fall in the camp of having a dream, making a game, getting that dream funded by some kind of venture capital to build the game. And then at a certain point, the developers themselves don't have time to play the game anymore. And that to me is very interesting. I've listened to a lot of podcasts on game design. And one of the things that always comes up is that there's a certain point at which the developers are playing a version of the game that's six to 12 months ahead of what the version that we're playing is. They're not playing this version of Tarkov anymore. So when they make a a reaction change like this, it is coming from a place of putting oil on the squeakiest wheel and not really perhaps the thought out master plan for the game. And this whole Bitcoin situation to me is 100% just reaction. This is a reaction to disconnect Bitcoin from the the you know the 1.2% value that it actually had in real life and their tweet said that therapist is now going to start paying less for it you know whatever and it's just about reacting to the loudest group of people that has their attention right now that don't like having this money source in the game because they think it shouldn't be there I'll stop short of of why I think that they think that because I don't know. I haven't asked them, so that doesn't matter. But they for sure think it shouldn't be there, right? And so I think that the reaction of the developers to do that just means that they don't hate the casual player. They just don't understand the casual player because there's not casual players screaming through Twitter or screaming through Reddit, getting the attention of the game developer saying, hey, you know, we still exist. This is why this is okay for this group of people. It's the people that have the time that have the most invested in Tarkov being a certain way that have the attention of the de- of the developers. And that is true in any game. That's not just a Tarkov thing. I mean, if you played other games from other developers, EA, Blizzard, whatever, that happens in every single game. And I think that's an important point as we kind of unpack this. Right, it is. And I would go into the actual experiential part of that and dig a little deeper to say, think about it this way. The person who logs in to play on Friday night and maybe they get another session on the weekend, they experience collecting Bitcoin once per week. So they log in, collect their Bitcoin, and they sell it for whatever value is, which means in the last year, if they did this every single weekend, they've sold Bitcoin and recognized the price differences 52 times. And think about the difference in price on selling Bitcoin over the last year. And they have 52 dots, right? And those dots kind of like, they jump a lot week to week in this game. Sometimes it's been hundreds of thousands of rubles per coin in a week's time. And in the past year, it was 150k at one point, and then it was almost up to a million. So those players are just 
who knows what it's going to be today? Let's play the Bitcoin lottery, get our rubles and move on. Whereas the players that log in every day or collect the Bitcoin as it populates every single time in between raids, they have a much more concise you know, graph of what this thing is doing. And there's just going to be a higher level of care because you notice it more. But I'd also submit that I got to the point where I collected so many Bitcoins because I was playing Tarkov so much earlier this wipe that I got to the point where I could care less what the price is. I could care less what they do to Bitcoin because if for me, and I recognize this, that I put a tremendous amount of time into this game at the beginning of this wipe to max out my hideout really fast. So my economy is such that I could care less what Bitcoin costs at this point. And so it's just funny to me that there's this huge uproar about it because I don't really think casual players care. And I think most high time players could care less because it doesn't really affect them. So I just, like you said, why is this here? Because it's good content. It's entertaining. And for crying out loud, we started the show uh, with me asking you a question that led into 25 minutes on the topic. So it is fun to talk about and fun to create content about, but don't think about it any other way than that, because frankly, it was a minor change in the grand scheme of things, in my opinion. And getting back to game design, which of course is the topic of this series, my last point when it comes to Bitcoin is that I believe that the people that are really upset about this don't really, really understand or haven't thought about the distinction between persistent versus seasonal games. And this is something where Tarkov is going to have to make a choice about being either a seasonal game forever or a persistent game of some kind forever. And right now, being a seasonal game, the price of Bitcoin is kind of irrelevant. If it's 100 million rubles per Bitcoin or if it's one ruble per Bitcoin, the game is going to be reset. The game will be wiped we're four months in, so usually it's a six-month cycle, roughly. So let's say the game in 60 days from today is going to be wiped. So what does it really matter? It, it, it really, at this point, doesn't matter what the price of Bitcoin is. The only way that it matters is if having low-time, high-skilled players be as geared as high-time, high-skilled players, that is disruptive to that group of people. And they are vocal about it in, in this way. And that's honestly the thing that I've noticed because I've done some very intentional research to try to figure out why this matters because I don't think low time, low skilled, and I don't mean that to be degrading at all. What I mean is low skilled in the sense of you're level three. You just got the game. You're figuring it out. Do your thing. Enjoy the game. Join the Xfield community. We're all here to help you get there. Love to run you through factory and get you some guns and some gear that you're too afraid to use. That's just part of getting Tarkov. I'm talking about the low time guys who are maybe level 20 or level 25, but go and slaughter the Giga Chads for three or three or four hours on the weekends. And that happens. The weekends get pretty sweaty in Tarkov. And then it totally dies off in the week. It's really funny how, how the game works. And, you know, side note, if you ever need to get quests done or tasks done, just do it on like a morning sometime. <laughs> it's really quite something. I think that there is a certain segment of people that that influx of players that provide the competition level that goes up and down so drastically is not something that they perhaps enjoy. Because most people like to know what you're getting into and the variability of skill in any Tarkov match could mean it doesn't matter what level you're facing. You could be facing someone who's just really, really good at FPS at level 20 and you're level 56 and they kill you and that's frustrating to you. 
it's frustrating to die in Tarkov anyways, but in this game, it's especially frustrating. But I'm going to come back to my original point in this dialogue here that this is a seasonal game. It's going to get wiped. The price of Bitcoin doesn't really matter. The bigger question about game design, which we're exploring in this series, really is what matters. Battlestate needs to make a choice because they're always going to have the short-term problem of balancing and pulling on the levers of people's emotions in the moment without the long-term vision of figuring out where the game is going to go. And their decisions long-term should either be for a seasonal game or for a persistent game. You know, in the short term, it doesn't matter what they do with the price of Bitcoin. But the Bitcoin farm itself, should it be in the game? Should the flea market be in the game? Should the hideout be in the game? Those are long-term decisions that really have to do with is the game going to be persistent or will it always have a wipe schedule as it develops and goes you know from beta into regular so the game design question and the bitcoin conversation are very timely and tied together i agree i do i think that the persistent versus the current seasonal model is a source of a lot of friction i try to step back and analyze everything through the fun versus reward that's what i've been trying to do recently because it's what drives me to play games is to have fun and feel a sense of reward and the most interesting part of the bitcoin farm is it was rewarding for me personally to get it fully filled with 50 graphics cards after that it was rewarding for a time on a declining scale every time I collected a Bitcoin, right? The first Bitcoin I collected after I had 50 graphics cards in there was pure profit. It was glorious. It had nothing else to do but increase my ruble count and do whatever I wanted with it because that was the very last thing I did in my hideout. But over time, every Bitcoin I collected after that, it was less and less rewarding. It just became something that I just did because I could. So it wasn't fun, and the reward scale went down, 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 down. Compared to when it was complete, it was really high. Like, putting that 50th graphics card in there, great, great feeling of reward. So, I look at it through that. Is changing the price of it, is that affecting my fun in the game? For me, it's not. For some players, could it be? Maybe. I, I would argue not. It, they didn't nerf it enough to, I think, affect gameplay a whole lot to where it's really affecting fun. Is it nerfing reward? Yeah, in, in some cases it is right? You're not getting as much for completing it. So you could say that it's not as rewarding to complete your Bitcoin farm and to start that declining schedule of profitable Bitcoins. But overall, like I said, I just I don't think it was that impactful on the long term fun or reward related to a system that is designed to just give you passive income. So yeah, super, super fun topic to discuss and break down because it brings battle state into it. It brings content creation into it. Streamers, YouTubers, Facebook, us, podcasters, everybody circles around issues like this. And it's fun to deconstruct that. I enjoy doing that. It's fun for me to do that. And I think it is for you too. But I, that's the lens that, that I, I came back to was the fun and reward. And to me, it just didn't change a whole lot of that. And when you're talking about this in your group of friends, you know, odds are you play with people who like to play the game like you do, right? So you play with people who either are, you know, like to go around and get loot or whatever, may do some tasks, or you play with people who like to go hard, run and gun. And it doesn't matter how you play Tarkov. You're just naturally drawn to people that generally like to play in the style that you like to play. One thing to remember is when you're talking about how it affects your play style is to have fun in Tarkov. The money that comes from the Bitcoin farm or any other passive income system in a game like Tarkov that's seasonal 
how much does it really affect your gameplay style? It's really easy to get short-term upset about something or short-term indifferent about something. But when you're talking about it with your friends, just remember, this is a seasonal game right now. It's going to get wiped. It's all going to get blown away in a couple of months. So find your fun in playing the game and don't really worry about the passive income sources because it's not really going to matter that much. Yeah, really, really take it on a personal lens. I agree with that. You know, is it affecting your fun? Is it affecting your reward? If the answer is yes to those things, that's that's also okay. Just put it on the scale, right? Is a 20% reduction to the value of Bitcoin, how much is that affecting that? And if it's if it is high, that's that's okay too. Again, we're talking about our experience, what we're seeing out there, and it's fun to do that. It, it just really drives me to want to talk about the feedback on things that we actually got the data from. We got a lot of awesome feedback from the last episode where we went through the stash value metrics. And the number one thing that uh, both Ronald and I knew ahead of time, especially regarding the audio only format, was talking about numbers and figures. And we knew we'd probably gloss over something or just miss something. And it's going to be harder and harder to paint some of these numbers and paint the pictures that we're looking at or what exactly it is because we're doing pivot tables. We're running regression lines and and all kinds of stuff on that. I, I wanted to share the base percentages related to stash value before we move forward because we are going to relate stash value to uh, hours played per week. So for those of you that are very interested in the percentages as it relates to stash value, here they are. 2.3% of those polled, and we rounded this thing off, but 2.3% of players have stash value of 0 to 500,000. And when I say of players, I mean of the people polled. 5.4% of players have stash value of 501,000 to a million. 3.1%, 1 million to 2.5 million. 2.3%, 2.5 to 5 million. 7.3% have 5 million to 10 million in stash value. 18.9% have 10 million to 25 million. 22% have 26 to 50 million. have 51 to 100 million, 10.8% 100 million to 200 million, and 1.5% with 200 plus million stash value. So for those of you that wanted to know those percentages and how that actually broke out, there you go. That's the breakdown of everyone that filled down the survey. So I wanted to go over that because without that, it may have been challenging to get through some of the data So, or to get through some of that discussion. So um, I had somebody that asked for those percentages so that they could go back and listen to a specific portion of the last podcast. So there you go. Hopefully that helps. And uh, yeah, man. So I guess with that, as we add in the next section, which is hours played per week to the mix of this data, what what were you thinking? Did you have any feelings about what we were going to discover or even just on that topic alone, not necessarily related to stash value? Do you have anything going in that you thought you might see or anything surprise you or jump out? I think it's interesting that even without having hours played in the mix, you literally are looking at like 63, 64% of all those survey respondents having less than 50 million in stash value. So that includes 
includes liquid plus whatever cases, guns, whatever, you know, is in the stash, which really is something I find fascinating because it kind of flies in the face against this idea that everyone is sitting on 500 million rubles and there's too much money in the game. We just didn't find that at all in our survey. And so, you know, we had a lot of people respond to the survey and statistically significant enough that if you were going to survey a large cross-section of Tarkov, this would be a way that you would get some valid data. I just think it's really interesting because from what we can see here, there's not a lot of money sitting in the game. There's there's people sitting comfortably, which you would expect that four weeks into a wipe. No, it's it, it was fascinating to me. I mean, I, I didn't I didn't know what to expect from the stash value. I didn't know what to expect from hours played. I assumed there would be some outliers. I guess what I didn't expect was that there was going to be some major chunks of players all over the board when it came to like the correlation between hours played and stash value. There's some really, really surprising stuff as well. You know, I, I guess I, I anticipated that there was a heavy casual player base, right? And we talked about the six hours or less making up about 28% of the player base that at least we surveyed. and. That's two three-hour play sessions or one longer play session a week, right? And I know there's going to be people listening to this like, how could you even play Tarkov for that little, (laughs) right? Like, I know that's out there. And then there's people that play one or two shorter sessions a week and say, I don't know how you can play this game every night. It's too stressful, right? And the data represents that we have everything in between, right? But we also have 19% of the people that were polled that play more than 16 hours per week. It's almost 20% of those polled, right? So like, here's the stats, right? So we're reacting to it. Here's the stats. People that didn't play at all this wipe for one reason or another, or they've stopped playing at this point, uh, 3.1%. One to three hours per week, 8.5%. Four to six hours per week, 16.6%. Seven to nine hours per week, 16.2%. 10 to 12 hours per week, 22%. 13 to 15 hours per week, 13.9%. And 16 plus hour a week players, 19.7%. The two biggest camps are 10 to 12 hours and 16 plus hours. But if you look at the basically nine hours or less players, you're talking about 44%. And that's a two or three nights a week for just a couple hours player, right? So as as we spent a lot of time breaking down the casual player or low play time or whatever, it's fascinating to look at this breakdown because... There are a lot of high time players, but almost equally offset by mid or low time players, right? It's not skewed one way or the other. It's very, very split. It's really interesting to me because how do you think, based upon the data that we're seeing here, how do you think we would define a casual player? Like, I think I want to take a minute and talk about that. How would we define a casual player? Because I've been thinking about that as we're digesting these numbers a little bit. And I'm thinking a casual player probably is in that four to six or less, or maybe even seven to nine or less. I'm thinking about my own experience with gaming, you know, as as I had plenty of time to play when I was in school and college, then you get out into the workforce, your time goes down, have, you know, my particular case, married, have kids, time goes down even further, kids aren't little babies anymore, so time goes up a little bit. 
you know, and where do you land as as a normal adult who plays video games? And I don't know. I, I, I think maybe maybe seven to nine is more applicable. What do you think? I think I wish I ran more regressions on other columns <laughs> for this week because I guess I like to further define things because I think in Tarkov, a casual player may be different than some other games. And I guess let me explain. A solo player who plays seven to nine hours or even 16 hours a week, depending on their skill level, they may look at that as casual. Like if someone just logging in and, you know, you may play 10 hours a week, but you, you know, you log in and uh, I'm going to mess around with my hideout. And, you know, I wonder what this is going for. I wonder what that's going for. And I'm going to do some crafting today, right? I mean, how many times have you sat in your stash and organized for 30 minutes or more, right? Like I've gone through total stash reorganization systems and put everything in place and completely cleaned it and did it for like 30 minutes or 45 minutes and then logged out because I'm like, ah, glorious. I can't ruin this by playing the game. <laughs> who could who could expect me to ruin my stash by playing the game? I'm going to go do something else, not clean my house or do the laundry, but hey, you know, back off a minute. So I think it depends on how you enjoy and play the game because the guy that has 20 hours a week and plays most nights but logs in to play with his buddies who do the same, and they're not doing anything other than, you know, maybe they like running the KS shotgun with flashbang rounds and memeing around resort, right? And their goal isn't to make money or to whatever, it's to laugh and have a good time. Is that a casual player? I mean, what what definition really fits? And, I, and I'm not trying to say we shouldn't define casual players. And I think it's why over the episodes, we gravitated towards low and high playtime, because I think that's an easier way for people to differentiate themselves in this conversation. But I guess I would say the casual player is somebody who most likely doesn't consume a ton of content. They may have one creator, they may have one medium that they pay sort of attention to, but how many can raise their hand and say they've listened to every single episode of the X-Fill, right? I listen to podcasts all the time and I kind of binge purds, right? When I'm all in on a game, I listen to everything I possibly can. And if I'm not in on that game, I don't always listen. So I don't know. I think it's I think with this game specifically, the casual player is hard to identify because of how you can play the game. I would be terrified if Battlestate released the stat of time in inventory. <laughs> Because I am not a casual inventory guy. I'm a case enthusiast. I am a hardcore caseaholic, and it will remain clutter-free. It's really interesting, right? Because think about this. The idea of the casual versus the not casual player. The casual player probably spends more time exploring different aspects of the game. And the not casual player is going right towards maximizing every minute that they're in the game to get towards being the pinnacle of whatever success looks like for that game. Right. And so in Tarkov, I think the casual player does all kinds of things. I think you're right. They sit in their stash. They sit in the flea market. They start to look at, okay, the hideout, what can I do with this? They read the tool tips on different things, maybe even read the handbook, whatever. The casual player may do all kinds of things. And you may say, well, 
that is a very hardcore way to consume information about the game. And, and that's fair. I think that's a fair critique of that. But I think in the context of how Tarkov is mostly judged, the casual player is somebody who engages with all of the systems. And maybe the not casual player is the one who's going for the pinnacle of efficiency to be the best. Yeah, I I don't know. I I don't know because the more stuff I think about, the more I'm like, I have no idea how to define it because, you know, playtime's not enough, play style's not. Like, I'm sitting here thinking about, is there like a preferred play style, like solo, duo, three-man, four-man that correlates to certain hours played in the game? Could that be used? Like, we'll get to that when we start uncovering that data as we go. But it is fascinating, right? And I guess I'm, I'm led to look at things like, there may be somebody who considers themselves a casual gamer, but the pandemic that we all went through globally has people playing more hardcore or more seriously, or they finally, raising my hand for those of you that aren't watching the YouTube version, had the time to dig into a game that they didn't intentionally dig into like Tarkov because of some extra time in 2020. There's just so many factors that go into this, which is why this data, again, I'll just come back to We've barely unpacked two columns on this data, and it, it leads to so much fun conversation about this game because of the different ways you can play it. And trying to understand a segment of the players, trying to develop something for them or intentionally not for them <laughs> or hating them, I think is also a really big task that Battle State's up to. And I sometimes don't think they get enough credit for that because, boy, little tiny tweaks can make a lot of people mad. And it, how many people are fired up over Bitcoin and, and it really doesn't affect much? right? I'm, I'm one of those. I was super interested in the topic and it doesn't really affect me when I sat down and thought about it. Yeah, it's really interesting. I guess my final point on digesting this data would be that if you look at the 16 plus hours, that's 20%, you add the 13 to 15 hours a week at 14%, right? So we're at 34. And then you add the 10 to 12 hours a week of 22. So we're at 56%, right? And arguably the seven to nine hours, okay, at 17% is kind of on the bubble of what we consider casual or not. That is a large chunk of players that play the game quite a bit every week, but it doesn't correspond to necessarily having high stash value because 60 plus percent of the players in the survey had less than 50 million of stash value. So I think it's really interesting because whatever you're doing in Tarkov, there's a lot of things that can be very time consuming. So whether that is you know, constantly running into raids, dying, and then having to go and do something you don't want to do to scab to make money to keep going or spending your Bitcoins or organizing your stash, whatever playstyle you're doing, Tarkov is a very interesting mix of MMO systems and FPS. And this data shows it. If there was a direct correlation between just people who play for, you know, a ton of time have high stash value, there wouldn't be an inverse relationship here in this data. And so I think that that's something also to wrap it back to Bitcoin to consider how much money you think really is in the game and how much Bitcoins really affect the entire player base as a whole, because it doesn't correlate from what we found in the survey. And so I find that fascinating. It's really interesting. Basically, at the end of the day, the analysis of time played versus stash value just goes to show that 
people do whatever they want in Tarkov, and it doesn't necessarily always focus on making money. Right. And it, you're right, because when we compared, right, and all of you pivot table nerds out there like I am, when we put hours played versus stash value into a pivot table and started looking at the graphs and regression lines of that, I always like to look for towers in pivot tables, right? Like, where are the towers? Where are the valleys? And one of the interesting things that this showed was that if you look at the time played per week and the stash value, there are four categories of stash value that really stand out, right? It's the 10 to 25 million, it's the 100 to 200 million, 26 to 50 million, and 51 to 100 million. So basically, we're looking at the 10 to 100 million crowd, regardless of your hours played for week, it is almost evenly spread over hours played for week that makes up those chunks, right? So in the 10 to 100 million category, and there's up there's four brackets within that, right? Those categories are chunked out very evenly, and there are one to three hour players in there, albeit a, a few less. But when you look at the 10 to 12 hour players, the 16 hour plus players, and the four to six hour players, seven to nine hour players, those stacks are very, very close. And that's without quantity taken into account. It's fascinating that once you get into those mid, you know, once you get past the first 10 or 20 million in stash value, it doesn't really matter how long you play the game. We're seeing that in those categories, playtime isn't necessarily the factor, right? And it's one of the things I look forward to uncovering if there is a correlation as we bring more data into these pools, because it doesn't appear to have any correlation when we're talking about low stash values, because there are 16 plus hour a week players that are in the less than 1 million stash value category. There are a significant number of 13 to 15 and 16 hour plus players that are in the 2.5 to 5 million category, for example, or 5 to 10 million. It doesn't really start to stack up and get to be, you know, equally spread out until the higher levels of stash value. And that may be because of where we're in the wipe, but that wouldn't explain away the, you know, 16 hour plus players. And there's multiple that are in the lower stash value. So it all drives back to these questions of how do you measure skill? What's important, right? And play style and how you approach the game matters, right? The the 16 hour a week person that plays with friends all the time and is really focused on helping other people get done what they want to get done and could care less about the loot that they pull out of the raid because they just want to be in there with their buds, they're not going to have a high stash value. And we see that in the data. And it is fascinating because it's all represented. And it's only going to get better as we dive more into this data. Just a quick peek into the weeks to come to keep everybody coming back for more. We're going to dive into KD. We're going to dive into primary focus in Tarkov. We're going to dive into do you prefer to play solo, duo, and squads, and how does that affect everything? It's going to be great, and we're going to build upon this and give a glimpse into our Tarkov community. I'm really looking forward to it. The data is fascinating. Overall, I think it's really interesting, and I find it really encouraging because the average Tarkov player really is just somebody who's playing the game and having fun. The average Tarkov player, just for everyone who's listening, is not 
your favorite streamer who has, you know, a 15 KD. That's not the average Tarkov player. So if you're playing and whether this is your first wipe and you're level three and you're really looking at, okay, I'm just trying to figure this out, or this is your third wipe or fourth wipe, and you're like, I got things figured out, but you know, I, I get to a certain point and the game gets hard. Don't be discouraged because you are the average Tarkov player. It really is that. And so that's what I found most beneficial from doing this. And I hope that that comes through and how we convey this information to you. But that's about it. I'm starting to see the green bar flash, which means we are moments away from disappearing. But before we do, thank you for listening. As always, be sure to smash the like button on YouTube or leave a comment on YouTube and subscribe if we've earned any of those things from you participating in the show today. If you're on any of the variety of audio platforms that you can listen to the show on, please leave a five-star review or comment. Whatever the platform supports to leave feedback for the show really helps the show get spread and the algorithms across the various platforms. Thank you to everybody who's done that in the past. It's great to extend the show. The XFIL is growing and we're really excited about that growth and Excited for all the new faces that are in Discord. And finally, speaking of Discord, we'd love for you to join the XFIL Discord. Come join over 2,000 of you. We have a very active Discord. Come find people playing Tarkov, PUBG, World of Warcraft Classic, Among Us. That was just to name a few of the games. Just hanging out, talking about the games that we all enjoy, talking about Bitcoin (laughs) and game design and various other things. Yeah, and if you're looking for me specifically, you can find me on Twitch, you can find me on Twitter, and you can find me in Discord at MTB Trigger. I did want to send a special thanks out. You know, we talked a lot about content creation just kind of inadvertently this episode, but had some super impactful stuff happen on Twitch. We're seeing YouTube numbers grow um, and just wanted to say thanks for that. You know, there a brand new listener this week came in and donated uh, a really sizable chunk of money that was kind of overwhelming to the stream this last week. So uh, I think that member knows who they are. You may not think that stuff matters, but it does. We appreciate it. I appreciate it. We don't take that for granted. And just uh, it's overwhelming when I think back on some of that stuff. So those of you that have stumbled into the Twitch channel, regardless of what game I'm playing, just to hang out and chat, I appreciate that. And, you know, we're, we're pushing those numbers up and up. And we'd love to see Twitch partnership come through at some point. But that's just a thanks to all of you that have uh, made that another small segment of the community as well. So thank you for those of you supporting over there. And you can always find me in Discord. Tag me at Ronald at any message or any channel, and I'll see it there. And a couple times a week, I do hang out in MTB Trigger's Twitch stream at twitch.tv slash MTB Trigger. And of course, you can follow me on the Twitters at Ronald Gaming. Well, that's about it for this week. Looking forward to next week, getting into more of the data. If whatever you're doing this week, we hope you have good luck in your raids, whichever place you are in, in your Tarkov journey for this wipe. So we'll see you next time. See you guys. Thank you. 